0: Welcome to the Be The Adult podcast. Be The Adult is a nonprofit organization that provides blueprints for calm and effective parenting so that children can grow into their best selves. Because ultimately, we aren't raising children. We are raising little people who will one day be adults. Hey, Nancy. Hey, Marisol. How are you? Great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I am excited. I am loving what we're doing this season to get such great people on to help share um, all the wealth of information out there.
1: I uh, wanted to share with you, I got this very big compliment this weekend that I thought I wanted to share with you in the audience. Um, I was with a group of friends recently and they said to me that one of the smartest things I've ever done was associate myself with Be The Adult. So. (laughs) I love that thank you so I am I'm very grateful to be part of be the adult in the organization because it holds me as a parent I'm not a therapist I have no um therapeutic background except as a heavy heavy user (laughs) (laughs) but I get to surround myself with you and our guests and people who are are trained and um, some amazing modalities that help me take, let me um, come home and, you know, be calm, speak kindly, or at least attempt to do these things. So oh, thank, you, thank you to uh, you and to Be the Adult and to all our guests. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited.
0: Yeah. And and thank you. I actually invited my tears back because you're such a gift to me personally, but also to this organization. Um, we wouldn't be where we are without your dedication and huge heart and incredible daily support of our organization. So thank you.
1: Thank you. So this week's topic is uh, speak kindly, Mm -hmm. but we're going to um, speak about a certain type of program. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the program? And yeah, you know, I'm the way, the way I'm tying this episode into Speak Kindly is because I know that when I don't speak kindly to my kids, when my mother's voice comes out of my mouth, that's like old trauma. That has nothing to do with the moment. And I shouldn't have said that about my mom. <laughs> but I think it's relatable. I, I don't think I'm the only one out there that would say that. But it's it's something. It's a trauma from long ago that's coming out of my mouth. So how are our guests today uh, going to help us?
0: Yeah. Well, I'm going to let them answer that um, in a few minutes, but I'll just share for a moment or two. I, I appreciate what you're saying there. Saul, and, and I want all of us to remember, I remind myself too often is that your mother, my mother, all of us, we're all doing our absolute best with what we bring to the moment. So um, when we might look at, peel some layers or look at our backpack of some things that are unpleasant or whatever word you wanna use for those, there's a spectrum of unpleasantness or toxicity from our, from our family of origin. Um, I really try not to blame, not perfect at it, but, um, and I really try to have grace for myself because I know that my parents myself, we're doing our best with what we bring to the moment. And um, some of what we got from our family of origin really took good care of us and continues to. And some of what we got in our history didn't take good care of us, sometimes to an extreme level. And now um, my whole body's chilled as I'm talking. When I speak truth, my body gets chilled. It's pretty cool. But anyway, um, and even in, in this moment, some of that that we went through really does not take good care of us or our kids. But the important part is to say, this is my best with what I bring to the moment with all of my experiences, my tools, let me increase my awareness of what's not taking good care of me and my kids and try to do better. And so um, I just offer that to you in this moment. And then to myself as a reminder and then to our listeners so our our guests today um they were described to me as a dynamic duo by <laughs> someone i highly respect in the community and um she said oh they're amazing you you need to to have them on and share their energy their passion and their knowledge so um i'm not going to take up too much more time i'm just going to introduce them And they're gonna talk about CREM, which is the community resiliency model. And I am not going to attempt to explain that. I'm I'm gonna let them do that. But first we have Lauren Clark. She's the program integration coordinator with community care of the Lower Cape Fear, which is a local nonprofit uh, in Wilmington, North Carolina, um, population health organization, providing care management to patients and quality improvement support to primary care providers across the Lower Cape Fear region. Um, she's a creme trainer, supporting our community's movement towards becoming trauma informed and resiliency focused. Love those words. Lauren is a social worker by trade, proclaimed theater nerd, run, avid runner, and mom to seventh-month-old Jet and five-year-old Ella. So she has her hands full. Um, so welcome, Lauren. Thank you for coming. Um, and then we have Jesse Harden, uh, she's a provider engagement coordinator with Carolina Complete Health Network, the provider lead plan for North Carolina Medicaid transformation. Jessie has been a certified community resiliency model trainer for about two years and loves interacting with people to share her knowledge and skills. She has a master's degree in health education and promotion from East Carolina University and is obsessed with her fur baby named Buddy. So, welcome. Lauren and Jesse, I, I don't know if you can hear my excitement to have you speak. And, and like Marisol said, we know you have so much to offer. You have a wealth of information. So we're going to sit back a little bit more than we might normally to um, let you do your thing and to encourage listeners. Um, I'm imagining that, um, you know, that the information is pretty dense and so we might need to listen to your information several times to really be able to, to take it in. But um, I'm going to um, ask you at first to define resiliency and what the community resiliency model is, and then kind of take it whatever direction that you want. Does that sound good? Yeah, sounds great.
2: Yep. Hi, thank you so much, Nancy and Marisol, for having us on. Um, Jesse and I love listening to podcasts and we're often sharing um, the latest one we've listened to. It's super fun to join you guys and to be able to share this information. Um, So resiliency, definitely starting off the bat, um, we didn't realize how many definitions of the word resiliency there really are. So there's over 70 and I bet even more than that. So every person kind of has their own interpretation of that. Um, And so something we like to do is just set up how we view resiliency. Um, Because around the world, too, sometimes um, the word resiliency has a negative connotation. And so we definitely want to be mindful of that, um, where people say, you know, don't call me resilient, because then I won't get any additional support or help, right? Don't ask me to be any more resilient, help make changes. Um, So we we just want to kind of set that up so that everybody knows kind of what we're talking about. Um, So our definition, and this is from Elaine Miller-Karis, she's the co-founder of the community resiliency model. And so this is the one that we follow and I I really like it. So resiliency is an individual's and community's ability to identify and use individual and collective strengths in living fully in the present moment and to thrive while managing the activities of daily living. Right, so that was a lot of words. (laughs) But if you break it down, we're talking about individual and collective strengths. We're identifying what we're really good at, what we're strong at, kind of that idea of it takes a village comes to mind, right? And we're identifying those strengths and then we're using them together to handle all of the just everyday stress, right? Sometimes there are large, big traumas we experience. But also, there's a lot of just stress in the day. Um, Waking up, Jesse and I even just texting each other this morning, trying to help each other through, you know, a stressful morning. Um, But then that you're also present, right? We're not getting bottled up in the past, and we're not kind of giving up our time to the future. We're really present. And I think that is something anybody might want more of, right? It doesn't mean that you had to experience some major life-altering trauma. You might have. But you can also just try to be more present in the moment, um, and I find myself often drifting. And I feel like over the last several months, with everything going on, thinking and worrying, and and realizing, oh my gosh, the day just went by, and was I present in the day? So that's kind of our our definition. Uh, I,
1: that's sort of, sort of like I was saying in the intro about you know being a part of be the adult has made me a better parent for sure. So it's sort of like that collective synergy, like. Yes. I love
2: that. Yeah. And I mean, we are hardwired for connection. I know Brene Brown talks about that a lot, but, but I mean, if you get into the science of it, which, you know, we probably won't today, but we are, we're hardwired to connect with other people, to work together, to have that village.
1: Excellent.
0: I love your definition. It, it's really, um, encapsulates everything we talk about. So yeah. Yeah, I would just say, you know, one of our one of our favorite activities at the beginning, like Lauren
3: said, when we're working with a group of people is asking folks how they define resiliency. And it's really fun to see what different people come up with. And some of the most common things we hear folks say is the ability to bounce back or to be flexible or to kind of, um, you know, be able to roll with the, the daily stressors that we come across. So I love that part of class, and I think it just helps level set the fact that, being a resilient person does not mean that you're happy all the time and creating world peace. It means just being able to manage yourself every day. And that has a trickle out effect.
1: It's sort of, I mean, I I keep going back to like, you know, how perfectly it works with be the adult, because I think even in the name of be the adult, that's what we're asking of people is like be in the moment and (laughs) be the best version of yourself for yourself, for your kids and for the community. It, it
2: is a trip, you know, trickle down. Effect. Right. So we often give that example um, of the oxygen mask on an airplane. Yeah. So when you fly, you know, they say, you know, when the oxygen mask drops down, you please put on yours first before assisting others. And I know, um, especially before I became a parent, I never understood that. I was like, what? But this person needs help. Why can't I help them? And then I realized, you know, you can't take care of anybody else. You can't be your best person if you're not taking care of yourself. So if you don't have that oxygen, if you're not refueling, how can you be your best and offer your best and be helpful and be supportive to those around you? Um, so we really try to, to think of that piece as well, right? And so
1: you work within the community, like you go and t- I'm, I'm a layman, so um, <laughs> forgive me. So you go to the community and you, you teach them this model for? Yes.
2: Yeah, so the community resiliency model was actually developed after um, some major natural disasters around the world, and there aren't enough professionals after a disaster like that to help the number of people that now have experienced this large trauma, right? And so that kind of got um, the Trauma Resource Institute into thinking, well, how do we have something that, I mean, for language, laymen can share. How do we have something where just the natural leaders can share and support each other within the community? And so they developed this model, and that's really it. It's it's simple. It's easy to learn. You don't have to understand a language or have certain reading or writing abilities. Um, and so that's the, the nice part. It's for kids. It's for adults. Um, and yeah, so it could be just somebody in the community. Um, it could be a faith-based leader. It could be a teacher. It could be um, your neighbor. And just how do we like Jesse said, have this trickle effect where we just share a little bit of knowledge. Um, So we do do formal trainings. There's a number of other um, trainers out in New Hanover County and kind of starting to spread into Pender and Brunswick as well. Um, So there's lots of different trainings going on with this. Again, just even if you can take one little thing and you share it with your neighbor and you go, hey, have you thought of this, right? Um, Or can you impact your child and the people that you work with? Um, You really get to see that trickle out.
0: I love that. And so it's a biological model you mentioned. Can you speak to either one of you a little bit about that?
3: Yeah, sure. So when you think about us as humans, when we have stress in our lives or stress around us, oftentimes we have these physical sensations of stress. You know, we might um, have tense shoulders or we might even have an upset stomach. And so what this model really starts to help people understand is the fact that our body has these natural reactions when we're when we're dealing with stress and it's not because we're weak but it's just because that's the way that we're designed as humans and it's the way that our body is designed to keep us alive and we need this biological model to basically tap into our nervous system and tell it to calm down once again you know throughout our day our nervous system is constantly turning on and on and on and like I mentioned, it was it's designed that way to keep us alive, except nowadays we have many different stressors, not like we did hundreds of years ago. We have pandemics, and we have traffic, and mortgage, and kids, and school, and work, and all of these things that we're trying to manage every day, and every time we are trying to navigate something that might be stressful, that nervous system might kick on, and if we have our foot on the gas all day long, that can create a lot of wear and tear on our bodies. So the community resiliency model works with our biology to basically help calm the nervous system.
0: Oh, I, I love
1: that. that. I love that. I need that. I, I need that desperately. <laughs> so, <laughs> Could you uh, give us some examples of like the techniques that, that you share with your, your audiences?
2: Definitely. And um, one of the first one and kind of uh, the major piece of cram is what we call tracking. And uh, both Marisol and Nancy, you guys have, we're already kind of doing this in your conversation, which was fun to notice. Um, Nancy, you were talking about the chills running down, you know. Um, Marisol, you're talking about how you notice when kind of that different voice comes out, you can kind of just sense it in your body. You just get this feeling, this ick kind of almost feeling. And that's what we call tracking. So, The model feels a little touchy-feely, but not in a touchy-feely, like, kumbaya way, right? Okay, it's a touchy-feely because our body has sensations, right? Like, we experience and feel emotions in our body. We say we have butterflies in our stomach, right? So, this is just a natural kind of language that we use. Um, We may say we're feeling blue or I see red. Like, we have this sensation language. So, what Krim does is really focus on that and teach that understanding. Because once I can name it, once I can say, ooh, okay, I'm feeling goosebumps and that is unpleasant. I I don't want to feel that. Or I'm feeling goosebumps and that's exciting, right? That's, That's awesome. I like that. That's pleasant. Once we can identify those, we then have the choice to focus on one or the other. And so we can pay our attention then to the pleasant sensations versus paying attention to the unpleasant when we can't name it. So tracking is really that first key thing. And it's just noticing those really visceral sensations within your body. Um, oftentimes it's things like heat. So I feel warmth. I feel coldness. I feel numbness. Um, it could be, I feel my breathing. So my breathing has slowed or sped up. Um, it could have to do with your heart rate. Again, feeling a faster heart rate, slower. Muscle tension often is another one. And with every kind of area and focus, you're going, is this unpleasant? Is this pleasant or is this neutral? Because sometimes we might be feeling so, what we say, bumped out, right? Like we're just feeling so out of ourselves. Um, That feeling neutral is good. So we definitely want to make sure that's noted. Again, it's not rainbows and unicorns, but can we feel just a little bit better? Maybe even some people use the word grounded, right? Can we feel a little bit more grounded, a little bit more centered, But essentially, where in your body do you feel that?
1: I I love that. I just prior to you guys coming on, I was having a conversation with Nancy explaining the week prior how I my body, I was having some personal issues and how my body I knew (laughs) I knew I was in trouble because my body was telling me I was in trouble because I couldn't regulate it. And I was out of. I was out of sync and all my normal tools that I use weren't helping me. And I actually had to, um, you know, contact a doctor and say, I need need some help outside of, you know, what I normally do. And um, I, I think, you know, we have this huge body that we've been given. It's a huge tool to give you insight on what's going on in your, in your life. So to me, it seems like really obvious, like, I, you know, I I say this to like friends of mine, like if you look at, um, and I say this out of like, from a perspective of someone who studies yoga, again, not a therapist, but if you look at, if you have a dog and if a dog you watch their body language, when they think, you know, when someone's at the door or when, you know, how they react to it's, it's in all of us. We all have that ability to study what our body is telling us. Like I'll find tension in my throat when, um, when I feel stuck or like, I, (laughs) I can't say what I want to say or whatever emotions coming up, you know, I'll, I sense it in my body, but it's some, it's a skill that it was taught to me in therapy many years ago, but it's a practice. I have to constantly go back to it and be checking in, even when I'm working, like in a mundane, nothing bad's happening. But if I hate Mm -hmm. the assignment I'm working on, you know, I, I, I'll know. (laughs)
3: Exactly. I'm so glad that you mentioned that it's a skill. And even outside of these crimp skills that we're talking about, it really does take practice to first just take a second to check in with yourself, right? That takes practice just in integrating that day to day. And then taking it one step further and, and saying to yourself, what do I notice? Oh, I do notice that I have a tightness in my throat. Or a tightness in my shoulders, something's going on. Oh yeah, okay, this is stressing me out right now. I need to do something to help myself. And like you said, in that case, it was reaching out to your doctor. And if you hadn't taken the time to check in with yourself and really think about what was going on, you may not have done that because we're just so used to going through the motions and just trying to survive. And going back to that definition earlier, what we really want to do is get to the point where we can actually thrive while managing activities of daily living. And I wanted to touch on another concept, Lauren mentioned being bumped out. And at the heart of this model is something called the resilient zone. And so if you think about this zone, it really is talking about the bandwidth that every person has to be able to go about their day and function and be productive and make decisions When you're in this zone, call it the resilient zone or the zone of well-being, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're happy all the time and that everything is butterflies and rainbows. It means that I can be a little annoyed and still go about my day. I could be a little bit sad, but not washed away with sorrow. I can be happy or excited, but not over the top and be able to still go about my day. And so the goal of CRIM and going back to tracking and talking about that nervous system is really starting is really about. Paying attention to when we're actually in that resilience zone. Because all too often, it's really easy for us to pinpoint how it feels physically and emotionally when we're stressed or bumped out of our zone. What we get away from is understanding how it feels when we're in that okay zone, in that zone of well being. And when you pay attention to that, it actually helps expand that zone. And over time, with practice, again, It helps you have bigger bandwidth to deal with life as it comes at you. Um, The thing about this zone is that even for an individual person throughout one day, it can widen, it can shrink depending on what's going on. And so it's always in flux, but the goal is really to stay in tune with when we're in that zone, practice those skills to widen our resilient zone, and then, like we've been mentioning Tapping into that nervous system and and noticing those sensations when we get bumped
2: out. And I think it's important to note that children also have their own zone, Mm -hmm. right? Like this is not just an adult that has a zone that they're bumping in and out of children also have a zone and they're having sensations and they don't have the full language, you know, we do um, to really talk about that. And so noticing that, If I'm bumped out of my zone, right, so I'm having some of those yucky feelings, maybe tense shoulders, I'm noticing it, um, and maybe I respond and I react instead of being thoughtful to my child, right? Maybe I don't speak kindly. Uh, And now my child, I just kind of put in a fear response almost to them, right? It's almost like a survival response. Now they're bumped out. Now we're both bumped out. And that's, you know, you kind of see how that just kind of is disruptive, right? Our nervous systems feed off of each other.
1: Yeah, I was But in that
2: moment, it. if I can control myself, I can notice that, then I have the chance to help my child get back in their zone, then we can talk about it, right? Then I can process and explain what happened or, you know, talk to them. And, uh, you know, you can process things a little bit better. But if we're both bumped down, essentially.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, I I... I have older children now, but I remember when they were little, you know, I would treat them telling me that they had a tummy ache, like a tummy ache. And now thinking back, I'm like, that probably wasn't a tummy ache all those times. It was probably, you know, them being bumped out for whatever reason, but I was going and getting the tums.
0: (laughs) um, Jessie, what you were talking about, Uh, So this is my language is a little, little difference. You tell me if it fits. So um, not only being aware when we're bumped out of our zone, but what I loved what you were saying about having the awareness of um, when we in, we are in our zone, our resiliency zone and kind of um, celebrating that maybe, or at least appreciating our ability to be there. And then the modeling that we talk a lot about modeling, right? And so Lauren, you were talking all about that, um, how kid might perceive us as a threat and then the whole thing goes, blows up, right? And so on the flip side, it would be, I was thinking about for myself, when I can um, regulate and get in my zone, I love the the image of bumped out. I love that. I'm trying to come up with one and you might have one of an image I could have when I'm in my zone, um, because to me that's so valuable, modeling that for my child too and appreciating my ability to do that and then maybe sharing with my child how I'm doing that and tracking is um, one, one way to, to do that. I'm, I'm curious, do you have anything to um, kind of add to what I said and then if you might be willing to teach us, um, if we have time for all of the skills, but some other skills that will help us stay there.
3: Yeah. So we love visuals when we're teaching this model and visuals help folks of all different ages and languages also learn these skills. And there is a really nice visual of that zone that you're talking about. And there's a great app that was developed by the Trauma Resource Institute called iChill app, the letter I, chill, and then app. And there you can find some really great resources that you could use to help yourself. And then also, if you're sharing it with your children or your friends or your coworkers, anybody, right? You can use your phone and say, Oh, hey, this is what it looks like when we're in our zone. And these are some of the symptoms I feel when I'm in my zone and when I'm bumped high or bumped low. There's these different directions we can take if we're bumped out of our zone, right? We might feel bumped high where we feel more edgy or irritable. We might feel more tension throughout our body, or we could be bumped low which means we might feel more sadness or we might feel more heaviness or numbness throughout our body. So getting really specific with what you feel physically helps identify where you are and can help you get back into that zone. And the first skill we went over tracking is, is sort of the one that plays out through all the skills that we teach with Krim. But the a really great way to learn tracking is through this second skill called resourcing. And resourcing basically is calling to mind something that helps you feel a little bit better in the moment. It could be something like your pet. Earlier we were talking about our dog and my dog's name is Buddy and Nancy said that you used to have a dog named Buddy and we both smiled. And so that alone is a resource and we're tracking the fact that we're smiling right now. And that's pleasant, right? So other things that could be a resource Might be loved ones, places that you visited, a hobby, something about yourself that you like, really just anything They could even be completely made up or imagined. But what a resource does is it helps bring something to mind to give us that sense of peace or that sense of calm or even that sense of excitement or happiness if we're feeling bumped low. And by thinking about that and really painting a very vivid picture in our minds, and then tracking our nervous system, we can start to pay attention to what kind of physical sensations we feel in our bodies when we think about those resources. Could be your favorite song, that first cup of coffee in the morning, really anything.
2: I, um, I have this example that just came to mind about resourcing too with kids. Um, I think my daughter was about three and we drove up to New York where my family is for Christmas and we were on the way back and it's about a 10 hour drive Um, and so she's sitting back there and we're, you know, we still have a couple hours left and she just starts crying and crying. And we're like, I know. And I try to sit in the back seat with her, all the things. So all of a sudden she was super into my little pony. I just said, what, uh, rainbow dash is what color? Rainbow dash is pink. Right. And we go from, no, she's blue. Rainbow dash is blue and rainbow dash is all these rainbows. And like, she immediately stopped crying to correct me on all about my little pony and uh, so I was like, okay. And then she starts crying again. I was like, ooh, okay, let's try this again. Okay. And Pinkie Pie is yellow, right? <gasps> no, Pinkie Pie is pink and Pinkie Pie is really silly. And she stopped, you know, for those moments because that was a resource for her, right? So even at the age of three, you can make this work. And then she started crying and then I had my husband and he figured it out real fast what we were doing. <laughs> uh, so it's just kind of a, a fun example, that. That's what we're talking about, right? Our mind can't decipher that that's not really happening in this moment. It, you know, that it's a memory. It thinks it's happening in the moment. Um, and so it just resets, like Jesse said, that nervous system.
0: I love that. So, so in the moment you were really helping her get into her zone. Exactly. Um, ah, I, I love that. Th- what usable skills these are for all of us, Um at any age, in any moment, I'm just, my brain is kind of on fire thinking about all all these uh, cool ways to use these. One of you had mentioned when we were talking about coming on the podcast about help now, and I'm curious what that is, and if you think it's a a good time to, to talk about that.
2: Yes, great time. So, now you're kind of starting to understand, right, we've got our zones, we're going, we're bumped out, we want to get back in our zone. Resourcing is great when you feel like you can think about it, right? So, resourcing is even better to help expand the zone. So when you're having a wonderful moment, take a minute and notice it. Notice how you are experiencing that moment in your body, marinate it, and that's going to start to widen your zone. Now, then there's times when we are so bumped out and you can almost feel it. Like I feel my body even starting to tense thinking about it. When you really feel like you you are bumped out, you've flipped your lid, all that kind of things. Like you're almost can't even think clearly. You're so just out of your zone. And for those coming up and thinking about this nice resource and kind of setting the mood and it may not be effective. And so we have these skills um, called help now or reset now. And it's really when you need that quick reset of the nervous system. These skills are really highly based in sensations, um, maybe physical exertion. It's, it's something way more visceral in these skills. So we're talking about uh, looking out around the room and naming all the things you see that are blue. So it's bringing your mind back to the present moment. It could be taking a drink of water and noticing the temperature. How does the water feel? Your, your sole attention now is on drinking the water. It could be um, going for a walk. So you're doing that physical exertion of your large muscle groups. Um, some classrooms... Uh, One teacher said she had a box and it was filled with a bunch of old books. And she would just ask the student when the student got bumped out to bring it to another teacher. She had already talked to that teacher. Um, And so that was a way to reset the student. And the student had no idea what was happening, but there was a physical exertion, which gets rid of our stress hormones. um, And that was able to kind of reset the child. Uh, You can do things like counting backwards from 20. So some of these things that just kind of reset on a more visceral sensation base, you know, walk outside and notice the sun or the cool breeze or something um, and pay attention to that and then your sensations that you notice. So these are just really kind of more rapid resets to your nervous
0: system. I love that. And it it sounds like, again, um, just like the two of you said, we can use these and then we can model them for our children. And then so they can then learn how to rapidly reset themselves and then how beautiful we can have that kumbaya unicorn and butterfly (laughs) at least a moment of it at times right um jesse did you want to add anything to that or
3: no i you know while lauren was talking i was taking my drink of water and using my own help now skill in the moment
0: (laughs) how can we dive into to more of this or or um i'm excited i'd love to learn more and I know, I know that I already am going to want you guys to come back and teach us more. But in the meantime, um, what can we and our listeners do to help ourselves uh, really kind of uh, dive into this more?
2: Definitely, you know, just start noticing and tracking and you can track for other people. So when you see a friend or a spouse or somebody or child, you know, take a deep breath, call that to their attention. Go, wow, I just noticed you took a deeper breath, you know. Do you notice anything? Do you feel any better? Wow, look at that big smile. You must be really enjoying this. Um, Those are ways to track for yourself and for other people, right? Because that's a big piece of it. Resourcing. So noticing, you know, those pleasant sensations, calling them to mind, the pleasant memories, the things that make you happy. Um, Trying some of these help now skills. And as Jesse mentioned, they're all available on that app. Um, So that would be a great thing. Download the app today. Um, It's free, Android, iOS. Um, and take a peek and look around at the information that's there. Um, you can always you know, reach out to Jesse and I, um, find us. Uh, there's also a number of kind of trainings going on across the New Hanover County area here in North Carolina. Um, there's been some more virtual trainings and things like that going on. So um, there's resources out there, look it up, look up CRIM, find us. Um, but yeah, we'd love to talk more. I think Jesse and I could talk about this forever. Uh, And as you've mentioned, the thing we like best is just how accessible the skills and the information is, right? Information is knowledge. And I really feel that is once we start to understand how our bodies work, how the stress response works, and then how that resiliency kind of component comes into play, well, then we can use that to our own advantage. We better understand our bodies and, and other people around us and kind of create that resiliency community.
0: Yeah. The word hope keeps popping up in my mind that to me at any moment, we can bring ourselves hope because we can get ourselves out of that moment.
1: Is it okay Mm -hmm. if I try to repeat back what I've learned as a layman? Sure. Yeah.
0: Please do. Correct
1: Correct me if I'm wrong. So the first skill I learned was tracking, become aware using my body. Um, Then there's the resiliency zone, which the way I understand it is it's not the high or the the low, it's the calm. I don't know if that's the right word, but yeah. Okay. Um, And that's the zone we wanna be in most of the time, right?
2: Yes, that's where we're gonna have good relationships, learning, fun, we're gonna feel good.
1: Be in the moment, which is a phrase we, it's becoming ever more popular and popular. Um, And then if we, some. If we're out of the zone, some of the tools that we can use to try to get back into the zone is resourcing, fi- you know, finding things that um, I-, I-, I wanted to say bring joy because I kept thinking about a dog, but <laughs> but bring us calm, bring us exactly okay. joy,
2: calm, peace. Exactly.
1: Okay. And if we're really um, out, of, out of the zone, um, using... A help now or reset now tool to really get back in there walking or uh, the other examples that you gave. Um, did I did I do that justice? Exactly,
3: amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, if anybody listening ends up looking at the iChill app, you'll notice that there are additional skills with the community resiliency model. And so the thing that we always like to with folks is that it's, it's just a toolbox right you may not always need the hammer you may not always need the wrench but just go looking for something that works for you in the moment and what's going to get the job done and sometimes you have to use a couple of tools to get that done and that's completely fine and and not even is crim its own little toolbox right but it's kind of in this bigger garage of self-care tools right so there's other things that folks are already doing that helps them stay in that resilient zone. Maybe it's the morning walk, or maybe it's, you know, five minutes of quiet time to yourself. So all of these things fit together. And CRIM is really great because it's accessible and you can use these skills right along with everything you're already doing. We'll sometimes joke about the fact that, you know, self-care is sometimes thought about as bubble baths and massages and lotions and potions. And, that's all great, right? But sometimes that's not, it's not accessible for everyone. And some of those things cost time and money. And the cool thing about crim is that you can use these skills just throughout your day. They're mostly just you taking a second and thinking about something and paying attention to your nervous system. And oftentimes that doesn't take any extra time or money for us. And we can go about and use these skills while we're driving, while we're picking up the house, while we're talking with a friend all of that.
1: Well, I thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast. I learned a lot and I will definitely uh, be linking the, the app, the I chill app on our newsletter next month. So I definitely want to ask our listeners to you know, subscribe to the newsletter to get more information on Crem and our guest um, Nancy, did you have anything you wanted to add?
0: I, I just, I love your energy, Jesse and Lauren um, and always Marisol, what you bring, bring to the moment, Jesse and Lauren, I I just like I I'm, you know, tracking right now and just noticing how I'm feeling, just spending time with the two of you. And so um, how cool, what a gift to the community to to teach all of this. For me, another word that um, I often kind of put things into one word to help myself again, Um, be aware and it's this it sounds like everything that you're talking about to me is helping me reconnect to myself um, to kind of come back to me to be able to feel empowered to know that I have a lot within me that I can use to take better care of myself in the moment or my child around me or or whomever is around me and um, this is just uh, my brain is just really happy right now. So thank you so much for your time and energy. And I hope the two of you will will come back for another podcast and continue to teach all of us. Um, just know
1: that in my house, I know, I know, I'm going to be using the phrase "I'm bumped out," I bumped out of my zone right now. It's going to become very common.
2: Phrase used have a shared language and see if people would know exactly what you mean. And they're like, oh, okay. How about we go for a walk? Can I get you some water? I, I'm bumped out. I'm leaving.
1: <laughs> no. Uh thank you very much, everyone. Um please like, share, subscribe to the podcast. We appreciate uh, Jesse and Lauren coming on this week and sharing this valuable information with us. We will be back next Sunday with a new episode for our season two of Be the Adult. Thank you, Nancy, Laura, and Jesse. Everyone have a great day.